Some significant tech news on this Wednesday to pass your way. So let's welcome in cybersecurity expert David Shipley, who joins us now here on Global News Radio. David, good afternoon. All right, listen, uh, we're going to start with an article that is uh, trending at globalnews.ca, which is uh, centered around Huawei 5G two years down the line. Uh, What is taking uh, so long when it comes to this uh, decision? And I guess my first question is, uh, considering everything that has gone on with the two Michaels and diplomatically with uh, China, why is this decision, do you think, taking so long, David? Well, I, I think it has more to do with federal government incompetence than any kind of grand strategy. I mean, uh, we've had the the single largest cyber attacks in Canadian history consecutively year after year, and cyber doesn't even make a throne speech. I honestly just think they don't care. Um, and we couldn't catch the attention of senior ministers and the prime minister if we tried. Okay, but uh, obviously they should care because uh, 5G, right, is the future, and there's some serious security risks here when it comes to uh, China and Huawei? Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's absolutely uh, serious questions about the security and stability of of Canadian private communications that's going to rely on this. Everything from self-driving cars to advanced uh, medical equipment that will eventually be connected to this network. And um, it'll be critical for us to be able to leverage technologies to help um, manage energy demand, to deal with climate change. Like, it's it's important. Don't get me wrong. It's vitally important to our safety. It's also important to our relationship with allies who we absolutely depend on for intelligence sharing. Um, and it just isn't on the radar. Um, and I think it just, it speaks to where this government's at when it comes to all things technology. They're just not at the table. Well, you know, there's security considerations and risks and concerns here, but the other part of this is also technologically. I mean, obviously, 5G, as you just outlined, uh, is the future. Are we in danger if we don't move on this uh, soon, sometime soon, that we're going to fall behind, uh, you know, uh, the rest of the world? I, I, I think the the signal's been sent loud and clear to um, to Canadian uh, telecommunications companies to if you want to minimize your risk, don't simply bet that Huawei is going to get the uh, the green light. And so we saw all three major carriers already indicate that their go forward plans for 5G won't involve Huawei. That's not to say there's not a lot of Huawei legacy gear in all of the carriers, both the national and the regional ones. There is. There's a ton of that gear, um, which raises all kinds of security questions and legacy questions. If the government does go in the direction of saying, no, we want Huawei out of our network, What are they going to do to compensate businesses that made good faith decisions and investments in that technology? So it's about the future, but it's also about the investments that have already been made, which may contain risks now. Um, And I think that's partly if there's anything going on in Ottawa, it's probably thinking about what the bill is going to come due for um, how long they've delayed this decision. So to that end, what are Canada's options when it comes to 5G? And are we too far down the road with Huawei then to turn around? No, we are absolutely not too far down. Um, as we've already seen with with the three major carriers deciding to use uh, 5G from uh, Ericsson and others, there are Western countries producing this technology um, who are uh, democratic Western liberal democracies, just like Canada is, who don't have the same inherent security risks as buying from uh, the Chinese communist totalitarian state where Huawei has significant ties back to government national security interests in the military. So, so there are other suppliers, their products are just as good, their pricing is 
uh, is fair. So uh, there, uh, it, it is not a go China or you don't get on 5G. The, the question we once again find ourselves in is public comments that basically say, well, if you don't buy our uh, networking gear, if you don't buy Huawei, uh, which, by the way, uh, translated means China forward, and Huawei is seen by the Chinese government as their Apple. So uh, saying no to them is, is a significant insult. Well, maybe they're going to say no to investments in Canada. Um, and what I would say is we've got a history now where uh, hostage taking either economically or in the case of the two Michaels with human beings is a pattern of behavior. If we keep reinforcing it, we're in for a bad time. Now, the UK, uh, they gave partial approval to uh, Huawei, but they have since uh, reversed uh, that uh, decision. And that's in line now with the U.S., Australia, New Zealand. So isn't kind of the handwriting on the wall here for Canada when it comes to uh, 5G and Huawei? Uh, you, you would think. Uh, and, and, and I would suspect that like the easiest decision in Ottawa to make is a decision you don't have to make. Uh, so if they figure they can just keep drawing this out and that sends a strong enough signal to business to divest and not invest in a future involving Huawei, which they can do without alienating uh, and insulting the Chinese government, I guess they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. If there was a grand strategy, if this is not, as I suspect, just a larger amount of don't care. Here with cybersecurity expert David Shipley. David, one government decision regarding technology we did get uh, happened in the Ontario legislature. They passed the Working for Workers Act. Part of that is the uh, right to disconnect. There is a, a provision in there to protect workers, particularly those during the pandemic that have been uh, working from home and are more connected to work than ever, that they've got the right to uh, limit their connectivity to their boss or their employer. Uh, how much of a win is this uh, overall, just not for the workplace, but uh, I guess when it comes to uh, cybersecurity? Well, I, I think it's a win for employers because it gives a clear structure. So, you know, larger employers that have HR departments and are mature can communicate to managers and set expectations, which is good for everybody. For employees, it's an obvious win. So knowing that you can switch off and recharge and uh, that you don't have to burn yourself out digitally, uh, that is absolutely huge. It mirrors what we've seen in efforts in Europe first and now coming here. So I, I think it's a win-win for employers and a win for employees because it sets clear expectation and sets clear boundaries in the last 24 months when there were no clear boundaries. Um, and then from a security standpoint, it actually will be a huge win for organizations. What we know from millions of phishing email simulations that we've sent and work that we've done with hundreds of organizations across Canada is that people click on phishing emails, not just because they're curious on them, that's a very small percentage of people, but because they're tired or they're distracted and so anything you can do to set boundaries to reduce the risk that someone's going to be reading their email at 9, 10 o'clock at night, or is going to show up for work exhausted because they've been working nonstop 12-hour days, you'll actually end up digitally safer from the number one tactic used by cyber criminals. That is really interesting. And that's common sense, obviously, right? Once you get tired, you're not thinking clearly, your defenses are down, and then all of a sudden you're susceptible to a cybersecurity attack, clicking on something maybe you normally uh, wouldn't and something that, uh, you know, whether it's ransomware or something else, could cost your organization maybe even millions of dollars. Absolutely. And, and and that's from malicious attacks. But people oftentimes when they're tired, they're going to necessarily um, send the wrong email to the wrong person. Oh, it, it looked like the right David, but actually this wasn't the David internally. I sent an internal document to a customer and vice versa. So 
you know, um, we have limits as human beings and these, these technological devices that we have are amazing and amazingly powerful and they don't care that we're tired. So I, I think there's an opportunity to limit the risk from malicious attacks, as well as just the human error that is such a large part of so many privacy incidents that can get companies in trouble. So I, I, I think honestly, companies should be celebrating this because it gives them clarity, helps them shape those policies, uh, gives managers a clear understanding, gives employees boundaries, and cuts down opportunities for criminals to take advantage of our human weaknesses. All right. Good stuff, David. Appreciate it as always. Thanks so much. You're always welcome. Our cybersecurity expert, David Shipley, with us. And we're back after this quick break here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.